0: Definitely not the starters. You're on the end of the bench podcast from 100.7 The Score. I'm Mike Hebert, owner of Cantex
1: Roofing and Construction. Every day is game day, and we'll get it right when it comes to your roofing, construction, windows, and mirrors. Call Cantex Roofing and Construction today. Together, we are one serving you. The world she's a spinning. I mean, and moving. Welcome everybody into. The end of the bench. It is good to be back in Lubbock, Texas. I am Jeff Haxton with my man David Collier and Lucas J. White. We'll be taking you through today all the way until noon. Encourage your cooperation. Appreciate that. Would uh, take all of your contributions to the Ace Flooring Center chat line through the 100.7 The Score mobile app brought to you by Happy State Bank. We're in the first United Bank studio and in comparison to some of the weather we've had lately, it is gorgeous out there this morning. It is also creeping on the weekend. It is also time to talk to Grant McCaslin tonight. Join us at Rudy's and uh, we'll talk hoops and eat some barbecue at 6 o'clock. You can listen to that on our sister station, Double T 97 3, because we're about to flip a switch and play again on Saturday. Great night for the Lady Raiders last night. Congratulations to them. For smacking Iowa State, at least I got that one right. I thought that was the perfect spot to play them. Coming off of a win over fourth-ranked Baylor. And Texas Tech takes it to them with a barrage of three-pointers. A barrage of bad down in Houston that we'll get to. I promise, because that was right there to see it all. Good morning, David. How are you?
2: Doing pretty good. Yeah, you mentioned the weather this morning. I got up, got outside, did my routine of getting layered up like I have the last week. Got out there, I was like, whoa. A little, uh, you can take one of those yeah, layers yeah, off. Yeah, it was a little toasty out there for the few minutes. I'm not toasty, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, it was a, a nice change. Unfortunately, I think like many people, this fluctuation of the forecast is going to cause me to deal with some nasal drainage Everybody's and, and got it. eventually get, cold, get a cold. I, I just see it coming,
1: at least in the next week
2: or so. I got the old, you guys bring the
1: cold with you down here to Houston, <laughs> huh? I got that a few times from the the houston folks um it was a rough night but let's let's start with our uh our impending departing brethren that wear the burnt orange shall we because no matter what no matter how much we texas tech lost to houston our coach did not act like this
3: you know i'm a big believer in uh you know, you win the right way, you lose the right way. And, you know, I always tell my guys, you know, um, whether you win or lose, you win the right way. You lose the right way, you carry yourself the right way. You don't go through the handshake line or proud of getting to get into the handshake line and have about six or seven guys putting the horns down. We don't do that, you know, because when you do those kind of things, it looks very classless and it also looks like you were just hoping to win. We never go into games trying to hope to win. We go into games expecting to win. So we don't act like that. You know, we expect to win. We don't jump up and down, act like, like we won a national championship. We sure don't step on anyone's home court deal and act crazy and try to show them up in any way. We don't do that. You know, so that's what I was angry about and I was letting those guys know you don't do that. You know. You guys won. Hey, we shake you know, shake your hand, tip our hat to you, but we're not gonna let you act that way in our building. You're not going to do that. You're not going to put your horns down and do all that nonsense.
1: I find so much of this to be interesting. That's Rodney Terry, the head coach of Texas, after losing to Central Florida. So the uh, the pride is no doubt hurt, especially when you are leading by 16 points and find a way to lose to the team that was unanimously voted to finish dead last and this new powder keg that is the Big 12 with the four added teams. Um, Texas, not too long ago, was in the top 25, feeling good about themselves, and then the Big 12 arrived, and they've been exposed on several fronts. UCF exposed them last night. Now, what he's talking about, in case you haven't seen the video, towards the tail end of the... Uh, the line that forms for UCF to go through and shake hands. There are a couple walk-ons. There are a couple guys that maybe played a few minutes, and they're doing double horns down just for a little bit. And then the co- the coach is coming through, and he sees that, and he starts to take offense to it. Um, David, on the softo meter, where does this rank? What number is the softest? All right, it's ten is the
2: softest. This one goes to 11. Softer than mother's love. I mean, my goodness, I get it. And I have a feeling it had more to do with the pressure that he's probably feeling about how long I'm going to have this job. Um, but, man, don't don't put it on display right there after getting beat by a team that, like you said, not many thought was going to do much in the Big 12, and now they have more conference
1: wins than you. I got I got to tell you I got a chuckle of one of their players and I, I don't know the I don't know the UCF players yet. That's how fresh yeah. they are. We haven't played them. I've seen them uh beat Kansas and I've seen that that's about it. I've seen a handshake line. But one of their players, a real tall guy, goes, "Why are you mad?" Why are you mad? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you yeah. know, if if you're if you're talking about all these principles that you have and he had a few um Words that we could not play this morning yes. for those UCF players. Um, Especially in that line. That's like, what I'm talking about. I was about to say, I was like, I can't send this
2: video to to Haxton or Lucas to uh, put in anything because we would spend most of the time beeping
1: most of the Right. Them right, right. Um, I think it was uh, Gambling Gaucho's account that said, you know, they praise Jerome Tang for how he relates to that Kansas State fan base. And now he'll you know, he is he has been amazing with that. He'll get up and Wabash cannonball, and alma mater up in the stands and is just full of life and full of I mean, he's he's a he's a kind of a joy to watch and be around. And then you have this other kind of sad sack depressed uh coach that's going through I mean, listen, first off, you you don't like it, beat UCF. Yeah. Don't blow that lead. And, and, At home and and what Texas Tech didn't run around doing laps with the horns down. But what did Warren Washington do? Yeah, that's after the Chance McMillan dunk. Yeah, he he did it mid game. Pop out. Yeah, couple horns down as they're going back to play defense. You know, you guys got to get over yourselves down there. It's un get over yourself and and tough enough. He's, he's preaching all. Preaching all these things about doing things the right way and being having class and everything. I'm, I'm just here to tell you what those kids were doing, in that line was not classless and they at weren't, all. And they weren't doing it at him. Like no, said, it was not. In they were doing faces.
2: it in the celebration, yeah. in the moment right before they did the mandatory go shake hands with the other team. They turned, they were going through the thing, had hey, good game, and all that stuff. But he just happened to see them celebrating and he was frustrated about the celebration about something that I find funny because it's been a thing forever. When I was in college, I had a shirt that had it on there. I don't do it anymore, but I don't understand this. They're just making it worse by letting everybody know how much it bothers them. How much and if it he gets in that, their feels? Yeah, and he's, it's going to... It's gonna get worse for him the rest of the season anytime they go on the road.
1: Well, and the product that he's putting out on the floor, there's gonna be a lot of people throwing yeah. their horns down if they can't turn this thing around. Because, hey, you, you you take time and effort out of your day to cry about some things and to whine about some things. The next thing you know, UCF's flying by you to win by five or whatever it was. You better focus on what is on the court. Because this league will humble you. We'll come back and have headlines. I'm going to give you everything that I saw from Houston coming up.
0: Definitely not the starters. You're on the end of the bench podcast from 100.7 The Score.
1: Yeah, what you need to know on a Thursday is this week is flying by. We had the Red Raiders lose last night at Houston 77-54. to Lady Raiders take it to uh, Iowa State, who is ranked 24th in the country. Congratulations to Krista Gerlich and company as they just, uh, again, shot it out of the gym. What, 13 threes, David? Is that 13
2: threes, season high. Did. A lot
1: of guns up three balls. Congratulations to them. Uh, just some scores from uh, college basketball last night. Uh, UConn is ranked number one in the country. They blasted Creighton 62-48. to 48. So, again, here are some of these scores. You know, ranked teams on the road, losing big. It happens. Uh, Kentucky won by 13 over Mississippi State. LSU beat Ole Miss, who's ranked 22nd, 89-80. to Sorry about you. OU beat West Virginia, 77-63. Auburn beat Vandy. UNC beat Louisville, no surprise. Arizona beat USC. South Dakota State, whoop, nope, San Diego State. There's the mid-major in me. Beat Nevada 71-59. to Mike McCarthy is your Cowboys head coach. Okay. 2024 all or nothing season with Mike McCarthy. Best of luck to you. As he'll be coming back as the head coach there for the Cowboys. We have uh, Grant McCaslin tonight on the airwaves at 6 o'clock. Red Raider basketball at Rudy's. Barbecue and the coach. And we've had some great crowds. Go ahead and be a part of that. Tonight and then tomorrow, once we get there, we'll make sure to break down all of our coverage because it is loaded up there from Texas FM to 100.7, the score, and Double T 97.3, just tons happening tomorrow with the high school basketball to get us tuned up for NFL playoffs and Red Raider basketball. We'll be going simultaneous, myself and Fink and Level and Chuck as Texas Tech takes on BYU in Provo for the ladies, and here for the men, the Yates Flooring Center chat line is open for you. As we get to now, what happened last night? Would you like to ask me a question, or just me go on a soliloquy? Uh, well, first thing is is whenever you're watching warmups, do they look bigger? Yes. than you oh, expected. Oh my gosh, Level and I, Level and I are sitting there and. Uh, You know, we we have that hour-long pregame show. We kind of have to be around. It runs itself from, you know, 90% of that thing runs itself because of all the interviews that we do. Uh, But it also gives us time to settle in and check your your cards and try to match faces uh, with who's who. And um, inevitably, they are very close to you as they warm up and go back and forth. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I laughed at Texas. When they were warming up because they had those jingle balls yeah. full of water, you know, and I was like, yeah, that's that looks like an Austin thing to do. <laughs> You've got I'm sure, you know, the newest tech, you know, you got uh extra... sharper, sharper image, right? Extra... Yeah. <laughs> sharper image basketball. What's the plane magazine? Uh, sky mall. Skyball, yeah, they yeah. got those up oh, sky. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I need 30 balls. Sky mall. And I need to, to fill them 20% with water so we can stretch. Um, there was none of that with the Houston Cougars. Um, they are uh, so impressive uh, with the length, the wingspans, the strength, the leaping ability, their ability to steer you where they want to mm-hmm. steer you was, I'm sorry, fascinating. Yeah. Wherever you're trying to go, good luck. You know, when you're on the road. If you get get them inside the USA with 15,000 people, it might make a complete difference and the game might look completely different. I, I still think, I know physically, and I, I do think uh, now, there's there's so many ways to go with this. I do think in two years' time, hopefully a year's time, our team's gonna look like them that, physically. Yeah, because you have to. Yeah, that, you have to to make a a deep run into March Madness. You have to look like that. I think, where you're just longer, stronger, and tougher, and you know the <clears throat> the rankings have them so high on defense and. Uh, Pretty much universally, they are known as the best defense in the country. And the thing that showed me that more than anything, it's not the 40-8 to disparity in lane. It's not the rebounds. It's not anything that you can find on the stat sheet. It's the fact that no matter what you tried to do, you felt double teamed. Mm -hmm. So normally you're going to – and we saw this early – They ran doubles at Pop. Okay. They used Shed just to guard Joe. And Shed's three inches taller and stronger. And Joe's got the heart the size of the studio. But, you know, physically (laughs) it does matter. Yeah. So then they were also trying to double Warren some. But then as the game went along, it's like, no, when we pass – here, it feels like there's a double there. They there you know, we had when Mark Adams came along, the side defense came along. Mm. And then all of a sudden Baylor, who traditionally played zone its entire life under Scott Drew, was not playing zone anymore. They weren't in that one three one extended zone anymore. They were playing side defense. Yeah. This is more of a hedge type situation. Ball goes, left wing, help recover. Help recover with the length and the speed. They were able to feel like to me, I felt suffocated over there because I'm like, I don't know where our guys are going to go. And if they do find a way to get it into the paint, now all hell's going to break loose because we've seen the alley oops and they've been pretty and fun to watch to warn Washington throw it up there, let him go get it. When that ball would go up for an alley oop with them, they're going to knock you out of bounds. Mm-hmm. And it didn't. Th- this has nothing to do with the result. It didn't help the way the game was called. Yeah. Because the bully ball. I mean, it felt like you were playing the Pistons for God's sakes. <laughs> the the yeah. lamb Pistons is what it felt like. I mean, Pop's got eye. You know, uh, a cut over his eye. You know, Joe's limping here. Darian's falling. Darien Darian Williams in the second half went up on the right block, got hit in the air no foul, missed the layup, landed on his back, a defender from Houston landed with his foot on his forehead and Darian got called for the foul. Again, not complaining. Yeah. This is this is not anything to do with the referee. They called it one way, they were consistent, but that way did not favor Texas Tech. We needed a few more hand checks. I mean, tech got to the line a ton more than Houston did. Houston only shot three free throws, but it, you got hammered. And 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 another thing that's crazy. Did do you know Shed's previous season high? No, but listening to Grant, you know that's the,
2: we'll talk about that a little bit more. I know it wasn't ridiculous. It certainly wasn't up this high, but he's he's the uh, the glue that holds the whole thing together. And last night, unfortunately,
1: we saw that he could score quite a bit as well. What was it? He doubled it, plus wow. one. He had 14 against the Penn Quakers.
2: And that's it. They didn't necessarily need any points by a lot of people in most of those home games, though.
1: No, because they were winning by 30. 30, yeah. Um, his career high was 22 against Wichita State in, 20, in, in 2023. So, you know... Uh, Kelvin said this. He's like, you know, you guys paraphrasing. You know, you guys expect Jamal to go out and play like that. That might be a once in a lifetime performance that you just saw from him <clears throat> to go for 29 points. And um he was just unstoppable. And you could oh. tell that he's like, hey, it doesn't matter what angle, it doesn't matter if it's at the rim, mid-range or three. It's going in. Yeah. The floaters in the
2: lane, every yeah. every single thing went in for him last night. And, and to go back to your defensive comment, you mentioned that they were suffocating. It seemed like tech turned the ball over more than 14 times to me. And the frustrating or the thing about it is when they did turn it over, it seemed like it was a layup or an easy bucket. The majority of the time, whether you have 17 points off of turnovers, I mean that doesn't, but 14 turnovers, 17 points. That's a, that's a big number. And you add that onto
1: the total there. and Um, a lot closer game. The, the worst possession of the year that Tech is, Texas Tech has had happened in the first half. Pop takes about a 29-foot three-pointer. Kerwin rescues him, gets the offensive rebound, throws it back out to Pop, and Pop just throws a lazy Pop, pass yep. that's run through and laid up on the other end. I thought Grant was gonna combust. That was the final time the Red Raiders led in that game. Yeah. It was tied at 12 when that happened. Coach McCaslin went into
0: combustion mode Playing time is not required. This is the End of the Bench Podcast from 100.7 The Score.
1: Thanks for being with us on a Thursday. We're rolling through this week. Uh, Feeling blessed to be back in Lubbock, Texas. Houston is too big of a town for me. And it wasn't even that crazy. It was kind of slow for Houston, it felt like. But uh, way too many tall buildings, way too much for me. So... Small-town me is uh, thrilled to be back here in Lubbock as we now have a couple of days to get ready for the BYU Cougars. Coach Klein. <sighs> a Hacks Collier and Lucas edition of the program. So, sat down with uh, Fran Fischella, which uh, he and I don't talk very much. Um, this time... I decided, you know what, We're, I'm gonna, I'm gonna chat. Let's chat a little bit, and um, you know, we get to go on. and And I thought he brought up some really good points about. We talked all things Big Twelve. It was a nice conversation, but it, it did pique my interest when he kind of out of the blue told me what he thought Texas Tech would finish with wins wise. Have I told you this yet?
2: No, you said you guys had a conversation. Was this last night that he told you? Yeah, last total? night
1: before the game. No, over um, some fried chicken. No, he
2: wasn't ready
0: for it. I That's mean, okay. there's no, there's no. I mean, it's chicken. It's fried. Chi- it's fried chicken. I like fried chicken.
1: One day I <laughs> sitting out here in the freezing cold.
2: Sorry, I was gonna go on a tangent. Uh, one day I listened listened to you guys play that, and I I looked the the kid up and for a while he went to he made videos and he would go to different places and try their chicken sandwiches and he'd just be sitting in the back of his car with his little sister sitting next to him he'd be like oh here are Popeyes and you know the new I had to we had to wait and and he did this and the sisters over there it's like it's just like every other chicken sandwich and he was just he was just in character doing his thing but the sister was like so wanted to be the celebrity that he became Anyway, back to to Fran, the celebrity <laughs> basketball
1: analyst. Uh he said he thought Tech would finish with 8 wins in conference play. And that that he almost like he was thinking that we would or that I would sit there and go, "Yay!" you know, kind of that deal. Um by finishing 8 and 10 and I'm sitting there going, "Well, Fran, we already have 3, okay?" Uh we have a reasoning? Uh, that Texas Tech is, at at the moment we were sitting there, way overachieving for the talent
2: that we have. Well, if that's the case, then that speaks to how good the coaching is, if anybody's concerned about that, which they shouldn't be at this point.
1: Right. I thought the same thing. But I said, I'm going to disagree with you, and that's exactly how I said it. I said, normally, I'd be okay with what you're talking about. And he's, but he said, he goes, hey, 8 and 10 gets you to the dance. In this league, he said, 8 and 10 gets you to the yeah. dance. And I was like, okay. But, you know, I do think we have the ability to win some games here and more than five. I said, here's the biggest difference for me. You still have games at Oklahoma State. And at West Virginia. Now, you can still go and lose those games. Yeah. But, normally, you would look at that. And Texas Tech has played horribly in Stillwater. Um, they've played a lot better in Morgantown. To be fair, so has Oklahoma State this year.
2: In oh, oh, my gosh. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so, I just thought... I, here's what I said here's why I'm going to disagree with you. Um, we still have all of our home games I didn't go through and list all those but normally where you would think going to Oklahoma State and going to, to West Virginia would most likely be Ls. I think those are most likely wins this year. okay that gets you to five. okay we have BYU still at home. We have TCU at home we have Baylor at home. Yeah. Now I am going through all the home games. Yeah you have you have Texas at home who you have UCF at home. You have UCF Road, and I, I'll tell you what, they may have become the the Mysterio team of the conference for me because year one, a 16-point comeback to beat Kansas and a 16-point comeback on the road to beat Texas. Uh, they've gone from, again, consensus dead last to, can you imagine telling you Dawkins, hey, you're going to get wins over Kansas and Texas your first time. Yeah. He would have lost his mind. You're like, where was this
2: a couple of years ago so I could get that Duke job? Uh, Yeah, I five wins the rest of the year would be a, a tough pill to swallow, I think. But if, if you still got in the tournament, just think, just where we're at right now. But to be fair, if we went back to November, what, what was the last win before or last loss before last night? That was in November, right? They didn't lose in December, did they? Yeah. Who's this now? Texas Tech. If we go back to November 30th when they lose on the road at Butler in overtime uh-huh. and we tell you that the Red Raiders are going to go 8-10 and in conference play, would you be happy with it then?
1: Probably. Yeah.
2: So but you rattle off nine wins in a row and your expectations kind of go through the roof and you're sitting atop the conference play or a conference play and everybody, uh, gambling, uh, another game. Yeah. My boy can't them.
1: understand why Joe Lenardi doesn't have us as a two seed right now. You know, speaking of expectations. Yeah,
2: no, um, and it would, it would, it would be a bitter pill to swallow if you only went five games the rest of the conference season. But saying that we and I'm sure you probably looked this stat up. El Hefe looked it up last night as well as I was searching for it. Uh, road home. The road home thing. I mean, twenty and eight. The home team is in Big Twelve play so far, and four of those losses at home are Texas, Texas and Oklahoma and o- State. OSU.
1: Yeah. It 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 ain't easy. Yeah. Kelvin was saying that last night, too. Um, think we all had th- that L on our bingo cards yeah. at the start of the season. What matters now is how they shake it off uh, and play on Saturday, Team money 806. You're right. I, I don't know what it is, but a- after witnessing what I witnessed and kind of taking that um, and getting – a large dose of humility. I come back to Lubbock excited because just think, I mean, if you can get it done Saturday, you're four and one in the hardest league in the country. And then, you know, you get a little time to rest up for OU. Uh, I come home excited and, and I think it's going to be tough Saturday, but I do think you're going to win. I think you need a great crowd, um, but overall, I'm just really optimistic. I, I, I wish there was more depth. You know what kind of makes me optimistic is the the mysterious figure that is Kerwin Walton, ladies and gentlemen. I can't believe what we're seeing with this kid. I can't believe it. I never thought he would do. I thought he'd be on the Demaryius Williams train of waving at everybody and celebrating and mm-hmm. commiserating with the team not out there being your rock standing in the corner hitting three pointers and leading you in scoring and never never stop playing hard and still look like he had gas in the tank after playing 32 minutes I never in my life would have been able to forecast that the one thing that I that
2: you could forecast that the look on his face was never going to change
1: no oh, that's true
2: he, ab- he absolutely has a stone face. And the one thing I noticed in the handshake line, of course, we're at the mercy of the television broadcast, and it might have been towards the end. Kelvin stopped him and talked to him. So when you get that, you know, I remember Coach K doing that back in uh, Madison Square Garden with Jared Culver and Matt Mooney, sitting and telling both of them how well they played in that basketball game. Kelvin stopped Kerwin. Now, obviously, he probably, you know, both, having some kind of the state of North Carolina ties probably knew him in some way shape or form but when i when a coach like that stops you and says man you're doing something right but you're right a year ago kerwin walton 18 points that's that's a that would have
1: been 2 months yeah <laughs> yeah and that's not hyperbole no not at all leading the way i'm just so proud of him and and i hope it continues he does have the streaky involved, where it'll be, 15-0, 18-2. Uh, but I think we're leaning more towards the double-figure score. He's got six double-figure games. And remember, it took him to the Northern Illinois game, Northern Iowa game,
0: to play really at all. Playing time is not required. This is the end of the bench podcast from 100.7 The Score. It is the third hour of The End of the Bench here on
1: 100.7 The Score, score 100.7thescore.com. You can check us out now on Fox 34 News Now and, of course, our YouTube channel. The Yates Flooring Center chat line is open. The Visual Edge IT hotline is 806-771-0973. It is Thursday, kind of missing picking games a little bit. Um might pick some NFL tomorrow, some college basketball tomorrow, but uh no tiny wheel, tiny wheel for a while. Woodman would just lose anyway. He's not even on the show anymore. But can we uh fire choice, please? That would be a great start to hour number three.
2: What we've done there with choice, now you fire him right away because of accountability.
1: And then here comes all the cash just right after it.
0: What we've done there with Choice, we spent $2.5 trillion. Anything you can name. Just want to tell you, we have your back. It was a joke.
1: So that was actually Jerry Jones talking to Mike McCarthy, uh, who's going to be the coach for the Dallas Cowboys again, as that was announced this morning, yesterday. Not sure on the timetable because I got home at 1.30 and got to sleep at 4 a.m., when you heard that, David Collier, uh, McCarthy's back. What'd you think?
2: My face looked like his face a lot of the times late in the ballgame. Bloated? Yeah, bloated, confused, all of those things at once. This is I, just a terrible picture
1: of him on ESPN.com.
2: Yeah, he looks constipated. Yeah. Look. I made this prediction, I think, at the beginning of the football season whenever I was on this show with Choice Woodman a couple years ago. I thought he should have been fired then, and that was before I think he had won his first 12 games in a season. I think what they do in the playoffs is all that matters for the Dallas Cowboys, and he's 1-3 in playoff games for the Dallas Cowboys. I don't think this team was necessarily great, but... I think uh, I'll go to the quote,
1: the Jerry Jones quote. When you set it up for yourself to be hosting two playoff games and you've been stellar at home, this becomes even more of a, I don't know, a mind eraser? I don't know. It's like... Do you wait a minute? Do you guys understand the position you put yourself in to get to a conference championship game, which you haven't done in all these years? And you've been so good at home, and then you just flop. Yeah. I,
2: J, Jerry's, you know, I'm not going to read the entire thing, but our loss on Sunday is shared by everyone here, not just Coach McCarthy, our players, our coaches, our front office, myself. This is accountability on our results. I am accountable for our results. Much more said there, but I think I think somebody just needs to tell Jerry that that's not the right, it doesn't seem like it's the right decision. It, compound that with the, the people that are available. Now, that might say more of the people that didn't want the job because I would think if Jim Harbaugh or Bill Belichick wanted that job, You gotta you gotta talk to them. You gotta go, hey Mike, just a heads up, if you wanna be in the know here, (laughs) we got Bill Belichick and Jim Harbaugh. I realize you've won a Super Bowl with the team we just got eliminated from the playoffs against. But I have better options out there right now. I I would take Bill Belichick trying to mold that defense right now. And I know his ability to draft offensive players has been atrocious. And maybe he doesn't want that job.
1: Can you imagine the Q rating, the interest? And maybe it's because the Cowboys don't need the Q rating or the interest because it's always going to be there. But I can't imagine, well, I can imagine the difference in, hey, Bill Belichick's going to be coaching this team. Can you believe that? This is going to be something else. This is going to be a, it's going to be interesting. It might be a grease fire. It might be a Super Bowl. But this, they it feels like they've dived. You you remember in uh, Star Wars where they attacked the Death Star and they would go down into those trenches, trenches, yeah, yeah, you know, and do a lot of battle in there. It feels like they've gone down into this trench and they've not been able to resurface. Like they're just going in circles around <laughs> trenches in the Death Star because they can kind of they're be considered lost. Th- they're lost. They're trying to find their way. They're like, okay, wait, 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 we got to hit this kind of window to make the Super Bowl or make a, or win a conference game. No, we're just we're just stuck and we're just going to keep spinning around in our fighters, and
2: that's just kind of how it feels. I would think, if anything, you know, like you said, they were talking about him staying. I would think he would want to maybe, maybe he's saying this now as he's trying to figure out. But I think if he's out saying that we're going to keep him, he's going to keep him. I would think that you would want to make the move if you, if you had the potential to do it just to upstage the rest of the playoffs. It's not
1: going to work that way, clearly, but it makes it be fun to be kicking it on the yacht, though, and watching everybody talk about the Cowboys when we're lining up a. Uh, 49ers, Ravens, Super Bowl, you know.
2: Yeah, that's what I says, know. What you're talking about? Steal, steal some thunder from a a franchise that
1: actually has been good in, in the last couple decades. So with Bill Belichick and Pete Carroll currently without jobs, and who knows? We're hearing rumors about Belichick and and certain jobs. Yeah. Uh, who knows with Pete Carroll? Both both of them are old guys. Both of them have won a ton of football games and a ton of Super Bowls. McCarthy's 167 wins are currently third most among active coaching, behind Andy Reid and Mike Tomlin. Yeah, no, it's it's
2: not like you're getting rid of a horrible coach here. I mean, like we said, and somebody pointed out the other day, twelve win seasons, three years in a row. But cowboy fans
1: don't care about now he asks that. Says, what do you really have to show for it? Yeah, it's just because it's, you know you can't really thump your chest on. Beating divisional rivals—it's not like you know the Eagles were unbeatable this year, and we got them, you know—and we can throw our hat up on that, on that to you know hang your hat on a season. You can't have that. Um, so really, in the long run, what did you get from it? An embarrassing playoff loss. And what I wanted to bring up too was the surrounding personnel. Okay grade the Dallas Cowboy receivers for me as a group uh, as a group
2: barely a maybe a c plus a b that's where I'd put it B minus b minus
1: yeah where would you put the running back core oh d D I mean w- you you've left everything on Dak's shoulders and I'm sorry he can be that guy against the commanders. But he can't be that guy against, I would list, 10 teams in a playoff scenario where he can't be that guy. There was no able to turn around and hand it off to Pollard, who had two 100-yard football games all year long. How bad it was at one point in that
2: game. CeeDee Lamb was at running back and got a carry because
1: that's... The only weapon they have on offense, yeah. There's, besides, that. there's your massive playmaker. They've been able to develop tight ends. I have no issues with the tight ends. The offensive line is a, a plug and play. Shift around the defense, good against some, not good against others. But I, I really think in a, in an era where the running backs aren't that important, yeah,
0: it is. It is important, and it should be more important in Arlington. Playing time is not required. This is the End of the Bench Podcast from 100.7 The Score. You heard it. Ask the bench warmers. That's
1: who we are. We're always on the bench, never in the game, just on your radios. Hacks, Collier, and Lucas having a good Thursday. Hope you will join us tonight at 6 o'clock at Rudy's where we'll have Grant McCaslin coming in. I'd be interested to know how much sleep he got because – After a loss like that, the competitive fire doesn't just go out. It usually actually stokes it even more to where you go home and pour over every aspect of what had happened in your loss to those Houston Cougars who are just big, bad dudes. I mean, bottom line, they are uh, an incredibly physical, talented, suffocating basketball team, and they showed it to you last night. Now, the great point is, is you started with three victories. You're still way up there in the in the top of the standings, and you got a chance to stay there. You start losing home games, then you start to tumble. These home games are massive, and again, none bigger than the one coming up Saturday against BYU. You can listen on Double T 97.3 to the men and on 107.7 YesFM. To the ladies, Texas Tech and BYU, DOS, same time, 5 o'clock, one in Provo, one in Lubbock. Trey says, with the loss of Mason Molina, who is going to be the ace this season? That'll be Karab. Kyle Robinson is the early leader in that um, category. Kyle really flourished through the months of May and June, uh, has the build. The skill, the fire. He's gonna to be touching ninety seven ish. I mean, that could be ninety eight, it could be ninety five, but that's that's the guy I'm looking to. Anybody else on your radar, David?
2: Well, that would be that would be the number one. Uh, I don't know how much of an impact a freshman can have, but Mac Hewer coming in, he was drafted I think in the sixteenth round by the Guardians somebody that you hope can have an immediate impact. I'm looking at the roster and it's kind of, it seems like it's miss it's incomplete at the moment. Uh, certainly hope Jack Washburn's the guy that's (laughs) going to be able to get on the mound, which he couldn't do last year. But I think there's plenty of, uh, things to be excited about. I know frustration still that the whole Mason Molina thing just aggravates me every single time because, Every single time, and it was a great interview. Always very. He's mm-hmm. kind of like he was kind of like Grant McCaslin. You ask him a question about baseball, he gives you base an answer. I mean, it was very thought out, detailed. Uh, he was very measured. He knew what he wanted yeah. to say, and he always spoke so highly yeah. of everybody he, on that coach and staff.
1: developed so much. Yes, because I remember where. Remember the time he ran out of the bullpen at TCU and he hadn't even been called, you know, from that kind of yeah. freshman not really knowing which ways up to getting to where he is now, which is a dominant pitcher. Yeah. That development came
2: here. here. And that's the most frustrating part about that. I don't hopefully you replace that. But then I mean you that's get...
1: a that's a tall
2: order, <laughs> a tall task for somebody to do though.
1: And then you do get the reversal of the portal where you get your yeah. leadoff man and Nolan Hester and yeah. on down the line. I can't wait to watch Zane Petty pitch. Uh, I think Petty is going to be an out-getting machine. And he also improved. Not as noticeable as Kyle down the stretch, but I think Zane's going to be a hell of a pitcher. And my memory
2: might be faltering a little bit, but early on in the season, last year... a good year, summer, too. Uh, Tim was always very complimentary of Zane Petty. You could tell he saw the potential and knew what he wanted from him. And that was the name that he always brought up. So, El Jefe
1: wants the Garcia cartwheel bobblehead. Bullfighter puts July 3rd. Yep, that's the Josh Young uh, replica Jersey Day. Good song choice. Check out the ACL version. Guardian Angel all over that guy. (laughs) Boy, you ain't kidding. To be going down a freeway in a vehicle and get launched from it into another direction lane i mean i just can't get over it um call your are you a baseball fan from juan Uh
2: juan i believe myself to be i've been to at least one or two rangers games uh basically since 2001 that's where we go to watch our baseball we watch it Every single night, either on Fox Sports Southwest or whatever it is now, Bally Sports. Uh, I will say this. Uh, I mean, I've been to Omaha with the Red Raiders every single time they've gone. What else? Uh, I wasn't necessarily good at baseball, but it's the only varsity sport that I uh, made a team on. So we'll go with that as a, a glorified pinch runner. No, I I like baseball. I will I will say this as a as a father of a softball player, I lean more towards softball now because I've spent so much time at a softball field. But my son plays travel baseball too. Yeah, I love baseball. Yeah,
1: I love that I don't have to play it anymore. It really chewed me up and spit me out. Uh, a, a game of catch is all I need. But I, I do love it. I do love the game. I wasn't necessarily great at it, but I do like it i do miss hitting dingers
2: i didn't do that my my role i peaked in junior high our leadoff hitter on all the time i mean all the time bunting him over i was the two hole my job was to bunt him over i laid down bunts that's all i did every once in a while i would beat out the throw that's it that's all i was good for
1: bench warmers if you could bring back one pitcher this is a good question and it's going to be tough to hash this out in the time that we have If you could bring back one pitcher and one position player from Tadlock's era, who would you choose for this team? Jeez. And I only go back seven seasons. This will be in my eighth. So Collier can go deeper into his bag of tricks if he wants. I'm going
2: to just quick off the top of my head. I'll go with Gingery and Gabe Holt.
1: Unbelievable choices. Just Um, quick.
2: That's without thinking about anything. But Davis Martin wouldn't be that bad either. But Caleb Killian.
1: Yeah. I would like to have – I think I – I really don't know what the middle and the bullpen is going to look like. But I do think I would take a starter. And if you can have a lefty that was undefeated except for the only time that he didn't pitch on a Saturday – which is that's what happened to Gingry in Morgantown that year. He won every game in the old red jerseys, except the weather pushed him further and further back in Morgantown to where he pitched on a Sunday and he lost that game. Everything else, he just wiped everybody else out. So I would love to have a wipeout lefty. That is a cool cat, California guy and and a competitor that also wants to, you know, beat you down and, and, and humiliate you. Give me him. And Josh Young. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh softball right there.
2: Softball. I still like Gabe. I, I I would trust me if I had to choose between the we two. Have, sorry, uh, sorry Gabe, but I'm probably gonna take Josh.
1: I'm gonna have uh, you know, Bazell back there catching Josh over at third now.
2: I uh, Gabe it was it was an adventure to watch Gabe in the outfield
1: at times early on. My favorite players are John McMillan, Cam Warren. Um, those two guys are my you know favorite just dudes. Um, man, I I enjoyed the heck out of Do Shedder. Yeah, that was fun. Gotcha. Um, over to a, a college World Series, but McMillan and, and Cam Warren. I yeah, I love Hargrove. I wish I could bowl like, like half a Hargrove, you know, bowling 300s. Yeah. Uh Gingry and Josh Young. Yep. Yeah, I'm I'm telling you, that's, that's that's the that's, answer. That's the answer. We we met in the middle there. I uh, love Garcia's glove at shortstop and Martin at pitcher. That's from Juan. I love talking baseball. It's coming up right around the corner. Um
2: other people cameron blair was a pretty uh, entertaining individual he's not on the level of uh, some of these guys were mentioned mentioning and he had some issues with some errors at shortstop but he was always fun to watch Zach is
1: my favorite uh dh
2: i wish if i knew about him now half a heart grow horse name if i knew about him now i wish i would have spent more time <laughs> talking to dallas braden during his time here Because Dallas used to hit. Like, he was in the lineup as a hitter. And that guy went and threw a perfect game in Major League Baseball. Yeah. He would
1: have been a character. I wish we would have spent more time with him. Yeah. And an unbelievable beard. Corey Taylor and Gabe Holvest from Eric on Wheels. We're done. Thanks to Collier. Thanks to Lucas. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And your contributions on the 8th Flooring Center chat line. Check us out tonight at 6 at Rudy's. Red Raider Basketball with Grant McCaslin. Bottom line's next.
0: This has been the End of the Bench podcast from 100.7 The Score. Go to 107thescore.com for more from the Double T Sports Network.